Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. My guest today is Ken Siegel. Ken is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Value Capture. In his role as CEO, Ken provides support to CEOs of healthcare organizations dedicated to eliminating injuries and improving quality as a means to dramatically raise the clinical and financial performance of the entire institution. I'll also say that he is a certified facilitator of the Shingo Institute, and we'll talk a little bit more about the rest of his background uh, as we get into the show here. So welcome to the show, Ken. Patrick, thanks so much for having me. I've, uh, I appreciate the podcast uh, and all of your work uh, and how you advance the field as well as helping lots of folks. So it's good to be learning with you today. Well, thanks, Ken. Uh, we actually met in person uh, this last year at the Michigan Lean Consortium. Uh, you were keynoting along with Mark Graben, uh, and I sat in and and I thought it was super powerful. And we are going to get into a little bit uh, around that topic uh, today. So I'm excited for our listeners to hear a little bit more about uh, about that keynote and what you and Mark talked about uh, and how that can help you know many organizations. So we'll dive into that in a little bit, but. Before we, you know, dive into some of those things, uh, I mentioned that you co-founded Value Capture, yeah. and for those that are, you know, meeting you for the first time, may have not heard of Value Capture. Can you tell us just a little bit about Value Capture's mis- mission, the history, uh, just so they can get a sense for your work uh, in healthcare and and how uh, that combines, you know, safety and also, you know, kind of ties in with the Toyota production system as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and really honored to talk about it. Um, You know, uh, we are a trusted advisory firm trying to make the principles that we all share true in healthcare. And for us, that means we really say that our mission is about habitual excellence, starting with safety. Safety is the lever to get there. And our vision, which we always attach it to, is healthcare without, uh, you know, harm, without weight, without waste. And and actually beyond that, working to produce perfect health, you know, so all that's possible in terms of things to avoid and then all that's possible when we really harness these ideas to allow people to do, um, you know, ideal work uh, and what that can all mean for us as people. Uh, In terms of our history, we were formally founded in 2005, and so it's amazing that we're getting toward two decades of work in healthcare to try to bring these ideas forward. Um, We came out of something called the Pittsburgh Regional Healthcare Initiative, which was one of the first uh, efforts in the late 1990s and early 2000s to come together and show that these ideas applied in healthcare as well as everywhere else. And we were fortunate working with the CDC and others um, to show that you could eliminate uh, healthcare-associated harms that people had assumed would be were just part of uh, uh, the nature of the enterprise, uh, and that zero was possible, and that beyond that, uh, it was possible not just to succeed in sort of individual harms and individual projects, but to actually apply these ideas across a whole hospital or even a whole health system, and. Uh, we founded Value Capture to sort of grow out of that, to go work with health system leaders around North America, really, who didn't want to just run projects using 
the application of lean ideas and safety ideas, but really wanted to apply the principles in the fullest way we think of Toyota production system as a system. Mm. Uh, and I've been humbly learning and trying to get better at that ever since. One more mention, Patrick, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we were inspired in all of this work, not just by Toyota, but really by uh, Paul O'Neill, the former CEO of Alcoa, who uh, had partnered in a really deep way with, with Toyota to help improve Alcoa, uh, but also brought this amazing leadership framework rooted in safety and thinking about uh, what would he, he would call theoretical limits uh, rooted in values, we might say true north, um, to make you know massive performance turnarounds in organizations possible. Uh, and, and people well led to be able to do things that, uh, you know, they wouldn't have imagined that they could achieve, uh, you know, prior to, you, you know, applying these principles in the full way with great leadership. So, you know, those are some of our roots. Uh, that's what we're trying to do and, uh, look forward to talking more about it as we go. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing that, 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 that history and just, uh, you know, you guys are obviously very specifically working in the healthcare industry. Uh, but a lot of the things that you're applying that you've learned along the way that uh, your you know, the different uh, institutions that you're working with are the principles that they're utilizing, as you said, you know, tie back to uh, a lot of the, the principles from the Toyota production system and other areas. So, you know, even if someone is listening in and they're not from the healthcare industry, um, that I think that's what I'm looking most forward to is just hearing as we kind of talk through this, how those principles are utilized in the healthcare industry and how they can be, you know, flexible. And, and if you understand them well enough, that the value that these, uh, that these principles can bring to any organization in any industry uh, are just so transformational. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. From a safety perspective. I mean, you can't get any better than that. So that's what I'm excited about. Uh, before we, before we go down that road. Yeah. Though, yeah. Yeah. People um, are hearing you for the first time, and I gave just a very short snippet of, of who you are today, uh, but there's a lot behind that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your personal story and even, you know, what brought you to this mission of, you know, helping to, um, you know, improve safety from a health in, in the healthcare industry and, and, you know, tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'll try to not make this boring, um, but um you know, by giving only my short bio, you were really protecting me because when people hear these next few bits, they'll see I have a pretty checkered past. Yeah. But I, but I actually uh, started my career thinking the way to change the world was through policymaking and politics. And so I went right down to D.C. and I was sort of a fast riser on Capitol Hill as a leadership aide and worked at a mid-high level on a key presidential campaign. And I was even called a policy director of one of our major political parties. Um, but I was getting um, a little frustrated with how reductive that whole game could be. You know, very important for changing some key conditions, but, you know, we all know the limits of that. And I moved back to uh, the community I grew up in, Western Pennsylvania, looking for something deeper and became a, uh, a foundation program officer in sort of the health public health space. And I was really lucky to learn from a, a really committed foundation leader that it wasn't about our ability to hand out grants. It was about our ability using the funding we had to get the big systems to work and think differently. 
And it was in that context when Western Pennsylvania was trying to figure out how to get out of a deep recession, you know, our manufacturing challenges and problems, and really set a course for the future, including in our healthcare sector, which was becoming increasingly important, that we connected with Paul O'Neill at Alcoa as CEO. And I had been thinking about going to business school uh, outside of Pittsburgh. And I said, wait a minute, I'm going to restructure everything because I think this is my business school right here. I mean, I ultimately did go, but I, you know, I, w- I went to school with Paul O'Neill and with the great leaders in healthcare. And then, you know, through Paul and others and his team at Alcoa, um, you know, uh, leaders from TPA, from Toyota itself and, and others, and just, you know, have been on a learning journey ever since with these ideas. Mm. Yeah, I, I, obviously we'll, we'll drop your full bio into the show notes, but I, uh, you touched on a, a few things there. Uh, and I think, again, if anyone's interested to go back and look at Ken's background, it's pretty amazing the, the different things that you've been involved with. And, you know, again, just the, just seeing the, the, um, the path that you've taken and where you are today with value capture is, is pretty amazing. The work that you guys are doing in healthcare is um, just outstanding. Um, and, and let's talk about that. So let's talk about lean in healthcare. Yeah. So obviously for many people that are listening, uh, I think a large portion of our listeners, you know, do come out of the manufacturing industry, which, yeah. you know, is understandable given uh, the Toyota production system, yeah. you know, the, the automotive uh, industry and, and things like that, but in in not too long ago, uh, you know, the the lean started to find its way into other yeah. industries, including healthcare. And I'm so glad that it did uh, because of the the amazing um, results that it's having. But tell us a little bit about that. What is the state of lean in healthcare today? Yeah. So. So Patrick, I I appreciate that, and um, I too am really glad. Uh, Lean and these principles have been breached uh, the wall in healthcare, and you know, and a lot of people realize their potential, um, in that we've had really a lot of uh, examples um, of single institutions making a big difference for their patients and their teams, and now coming out of um, uh, formal sort of health services research, some evidence, you know, formal evidence, highest quality studies that it, at where lean is applied as the, as the studies say with, with intensity, you know, with some level of intensity, it does make a difference on outcomes uh, uh, from quality and experience and cost. That said, I have to tell you, Patrick and your listeners, it is not a great success story for these principles in healthcare yet. And indeed, I would say, to be honest, it's a, it's a danger point. Mm. Um, and, and to, to share why, you know, and, and we're not the only sector this has happened, but with the pandemic having hit, et cetera, you know, there's been distraction, you know, some lean journeys have stalled, et cetera. It's certainly true. But even before that, if you look, we have, I think now more than 60% of healthcare institutions say they do lean, you know, at some level. Mm-hmm. And, and what is true is there is activity going on in those institutions. 
even more, there are people in our community, the improvement community, who are deeply skilled, right, who know what this looks like, who are now working in those institutions, which is great, right, because from that all is possible. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the scale of the results overall, like the actual beta, the actual changes versus what you and I and our audience, your audience knows are possible, you know, the, the twice the productivity, you know, the twice the quality, all of that stuff, those magnitude of results across the sector are not there yet. Hmm. And, um, and we can talk in a little bit more about sort of how I see why that is and yeah. where we are. But I just, I just want to be honest, for all the promise that it's coming into healthcare, there are ways it's come in because of healthcare's history and pattern that are sort of not the full system and not uh, all wrapped together powerfully enough to make the difference that we need. Mm. Well, I'm glad that, I mean, the transparency is great because th this is exactly what we need in order to to improve, right? So let, let's talk about that. I mean, let's dive in. What what are some of the challenges that you are seeing in the healthcare industry with, with you know, the, the breakdown? Yeah, well, you know, one some of the some of the challenges are uh, maybe endemic to the to the, the culture of healthcare, such as healthcare has a long history of um, being exposed to uh, different forms of improvement, everything from CQI to TQI to Six Sigma, etc., and sort of making a modest commitment but not at that profound level to pull it all together and say, this is the way that we're going to run the place. And, and so we, we sort of are left with what people sometimes refer to as sort of an alphabet soup. And then they, so, so you get these patterns where they just sort of take in, well, what does that version of the system have to have to, uh, to contribute and okay, you know, we've got people with that skill. We run some projects where we, we tap onto those tools but it's not powerful enough to move the numbers the the way that we want. So some of that is is just sort of a historic pattern. And it and there are some universal things, right? So one of those being that um, that if this work is left principally to the experts, right? You know, those of us who are sort of the lean experts in the organization internally or externally and not seen as a fundamental capacity and skill that, that operating leaders have to embody, right? To be able to, to, to know how to move from push to, to flow, to pull, and you know, in the, in the radical change of, of, um, of, of having you know, line workers that add value be responsible for building quality in, but leaders being responsible for flow, if, if that sort of fundamental um, commitment to ownership isn't there, and often it's not, right? We have a very complicated industry. Healthcare has certain disadvantages versus other industries in terms of the over complexity for how it gets paid and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we have different professional silos in healthcare that, that sort of make leadership harder. Um, but but that fundamental ownership by operating leaders has not taken deeply enough in healthcare um, so that they are deeply committed enough to know what 
lean or TPS really is at its core in the production system, right? So we we don't have enough power in the production system. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, just because I know it's such a knowledgeable audience, is when when you go into healthcare organizations, you know, if you just pick, you know, of that 60%, you just went in randomly to those doing lean, you'd see a lot of evidence of management systems typically. And because about a decade ago, we fell in love with management systems, lean daily management systems in healthcare. And, uh, you know, it came out of certain institutions that were way ahead on lean production, like ThetaCare uh, in particular. And, and we were part of this working with ThetaCare. Um, uh, and they had realized that they needed the management system elements to sort of stabilize everything and keep it going and keep it improving. And so they did a brilliant uh, uh, business production system, they called it, and then shared it with the world, you know, which is a wonderful display of the values and we helped teach it. Yeah. But in, but in the average healthcare institution, they were not nearly as long as far along in lean production, the management system with its tools that leaders sort of get, you know, get right more easily became an easier thing to hold on to, you know, it wasn't forcing problems up out of operations continuously and you know such a challenge to a leader's work and what their role is and so what we got is mature some maturity in our management systems less in our production systems and 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 the problem is as you and i in the audience knows the management system doesn't solve the big problems it doesn't set up the the horizontal flows of value and make sure they're going so so in so our prescription, our analysis, RE3, and, and what we're sharing with those we work with is we've got to rebalance. We've got to really rebalance to make sure the primary work system is, is set up the right way with the right ownership, really embedding TPS flows, and then, build, and then take that management system and really lock it all in. So that's a long diagnosis, but that's, that's what we're seeing and thinking. The most dangerous phrase in our language is we've always done it this way. There are an awful lot of posers out there. People that do lean because they're mandated to do it. They think it will work. How stable are you today? What are your goals? Are you generating small, simple improvements? There are very few people that embrace lean with their full heart, head, and emotion. Let's imagine that your current output is top-notch. Is that enough to stop innovating and stop reaching for more? Patrick's book uncovers the essence of what those organizations look like and what the posers look like. Caution, are you in the fake zone or the real zone? Order your copy today at avoidcontinuousappearance.com. No, that's that's good, uh, and I think that resonates probably with you know listeners that are also outside of the the healthcare industry because very similar challenges, you know, on on either side. Mm -hmm. uh, and you did you did start to kind of walk down the road of some of the things that you guys are doing to come alongside your health system yeah. clients and helping them to you know break through. Um, would you say is there a like? Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about you can't improve chaos and you need to start with stability. I mean, would you guys in the healthcare industry, would you say there's a 
like a, a first step, a second step? Would you say it depends on the organization and where they're at in their journey? I mean, what are the things that you guys are doing to come alongside them and, and really help advise them to bring them down the right path? Yeah, so I, I appreciate that question. And, uh, you know, and in, in, in the podcast is a limited time. And I, and I think of all the nights, you know, we in this field can talk through this stuff, right, about what's the right order and all that stuff. Sure. So I'll just, I'll just highlight a couple elements of our basic roadmap, right, our ideal target state. And, uh, and it's, it's a little different than some others. But then I'd like to also tell you what we're doing on this sort of need to correct toward the work system, as we said. Perfect. So because I said, you know, we're all about leading with safety, um, we actually talk with leaders, um, you know, from the beginning, we don't come in and assess and tell them what they need to do. We we lead them through a self-assessment based on the principles. If you looked at it, it's sort of an A3 being worked through themselves where through going to Gemba and, and looking at their own data and having key conversations around the principles, they diagnose themselves and where are they and what do they need to work on. And so every place does come up with their own map because every place is in a different spot. But we talk to them about, you know, you want to begin affecting the culture of the place with these ideas mm. and these principles and making them true for everybody as soon as possible at some level. And so we encourage them to pick safety, uh, harm to patients or harm to staff. And harm to staff is a great one to start with. And right away, make those harms visible one by one to everyone in the organization in a way that traditionally in healthcare, they don't. You know, it, it, it sort of flows up into, um, you know, a monthly report and there's a department working on that and things like that. And so bringing greater transparency and real-time problem solving to those harms in a way that sort of begins and begins to mobilize that real-time help chain, right, that we'll recognize from lean production. Um, and that everybody across the organization can feel, right? Oh my God, things are, hey, we're, we're handling that differently. We have more transparency. Everybody's having to work on their problem solving skills. Um, you know, leaders are grappling with what does this mean about our how our systems are set up right away. So we try to get them going on that level at one level, but that's not inherently stabilizing, right? And in some senses, it's destabilizing, right? Because you're you're trying to, in an exciting way, connect the culture differently, but it's also about change at a certain level. Mm -hmm. So right away, we are trying to work with them to say. But the the big that you know those are values becoming true, and you will move your safety numbers very fast that way, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. But in terms of succeeding as a business, you've got to right away attach to the value stream flows or the pathway flows for you know pure TPS, and and let's pick an area that is key to your business, a key business problem, and create what we call an executive learning lab. Um, to sort of see the difference that these ideas can make moving from push to pull and all that stuff um, to get the outcomes. And, and, then, and then, you know, not copy and paste that, but, you know, spread it by capability building through the growth of leaders. And, and recently, we've really been making a much bigger push about call, really calling it that executive learning lab because leaders have to learn how this stuff works, right, and how they... They need to lead to put it into place, not just, you know, if I have a problem, call in a team expert and lean to help me. And so that's our generic model. Lately, though, as we've realized that the capability isn't as deep, 
as we wanted to be in leaders uh, in terms of moving at that systems levels, our team has started doing something we call leader looping, where we get the C-suite, if they're able, and we put we really advocate for it, to come together on a key business challenge. And in healthcare, it's not hard right now, right? Because we've got cost crises driven by staffing problems, um, federal government stopping their pandemic payments. And, you know, there's a deep sort of set of intersecting business problems happening that has, you know, virtually every healthcare organization deeply worried. And so we're getting those leaders out to attack a key problem, such as uh, when people are in the hospital longer than they should be, that not only exposes them to more harm because every day you're in the hospital, your likelihood of harm goes up uh, considerably, uh, but also it costs, it's bad flow and it costs money. And so attacking that problem together, applying the principles through going out and seeing together, coming back, making sure the problem solving is flowing across their sort of the boundaries, the top-down boundaries that the different leaders lead, you know, through active Gemba, coming back, changing A3s, just that much more active, this is we're going to take on together and refresh our learning and break through in a big problem way to sort of get ourselves not only solve a big problem, help with the quality and the cost crisis, but, but sort of re rebase ourselves and sort of how this works as a system. So that's some of what we're doing. Oh, I love it. And again, you, there's only a short amount of time here, but obviously I, th I thought you did a great job kind of laying out as much as you could in a, in a short amount of time. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk about this at the end, but uh, obviously if anyone's interested to hear more about that particular topic, yeah. uh, reaching out to you would be ideal because there's, I'm sure there's so much more that we could talk about uh, with that. But you've, you've talked about patient safety uh, mm -hmm. a lot and for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some scary headlines uh, recently about patient safety not having progressed as much, um, you know, in, in, in the last few years as it could have otherwise. Um, and, you know, even for organizations outside of the healthcare industry, you know, I, I always see safety number one, it's, it's promoted that way, but then I don't always see the actions. Right following the, the the term safety is number one, you know, even within industries outside of healthcare. Um, when we were at the uh, the MLC conference and you keynoted with Mark Graben uh, around uh, workforce safety, you, you, you guys talked about the fact that workforce safety needs to be an imperative to revive or strengthen lean journeys. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to those that are listening in, both in the healthcare industry around patient safety, as well as outside of the healthcare industry uh, around workforce safety, and why that's such an important concept, and why now is the time or the right time for people to be focused on this? Yeah. Well, Patrick, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to that, and you know, I think in a in a tr in a true north sense and a constancy of purpose sense a lot of that comes from you know the background we all share and that particularly with with elements of our alcoa background are particularly intense for us mm -hmm. and that is you know paul o'neill our founding chairman he used to talk about you know the words are great but you know but to your point you know every company and even companies doing lean or tps you know speak the right language generally but you know where's the evidence that it's true 
right? Right, that the values are really true. And so safety, whether we're actually harming someone on our team, you know, through the circumstances that we allow to be present in our in our environment, or a patient in our care, like that's a pretty good example, uh, you know, piece of evidence that we're not there yet, right? We're not yet applying the ideas at the level that um, that is required, you know, to not only help people, you know, and start not harming them. So there's a foundational sense of that okay. at, you know, to, toward the action, you know, and the evidence that it's true to your point, which you, which you led with. Um, the second thing is why now and why, why did we make the case for, for workforce safety as key to lean journeys and re, recalibrating things? So if we think about what we all have gone through for the last three years, right, in terms of the pandemic and its after effects, all of that's about people, right? If we look at healthcare and what's happened to healthcare, a lot of people in the healthcare workforce checked out. They said, we can't take it, right? We got into these vicious cycles of uh, people being put into position of not being able to succeed in caring for patients, which is a terrible psychological burden, you know, not feeling enough support. And so not feeling like they could succeed and sort of opting out, you know, maybe being present, but, you know, you're only getting half of their effort in, in heart you know, or, or picking another career. And then this vicious cycle of having to hire, you know, traveling staff or nurses that are working far away from home so that they can get paid more money and the vicious cycle of, 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 um, of finance, but also the impacts on patient care, right? Then you have much newer nurses or nurses that aren't used to working there. And, and it's, it's the opposite of the sort of effect that we want, right? right? But if we keep in mind that it started with people and how they were treated, you know, we go back to our first principles and Paul O'Neill saying, well, if we're all committed to creating a perfectly safe workplace, A, that's evidence that the values are true in a way that matters deeply to you and I so that we can go back to our families and everybody else in one piece, but also you can't get there without digging into the ideas and your processes deeply enough and actionably enough and bringing your values to bear that that is the path back to if i describe the vicious cycle the virtuous cycle that we all want right that we are we know that we are valued then that we value each other it's not even we're valued by the company it's like the company is us and we are and we take care of this place, you know, and that means we take care of each other and we have expectations for each other. And we are so committed to excellence that we learn how to keep ourselves safe in either a scary industrial environment, you know, based on what's going on, or medicine is very dangerous, right? The, the operating environments physically, the amount of things that are happening with radiation and everything, we figured that out. And that means we know how we can do it for our patients too. And by the way, we can be excellent at all of these processes. And, you know, at this moment where, you know, in my view, too much of the leadership in our organizations has become too transactional, too, hey, you know, layoffs are okay, you know, it happens. Um, you know, this is a chance to reconnect with people in the deepest way, which are the sources of excellence. 
that we have to tap into and 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 move with together, you know, toward a better future. So we we think workforce safety is a great opportunity, not just you know safety and what that means, which is profound, and not just for the safety journey, but this deeper tie to lean and TPS, which is necessary for the highest levels of system performance. So that's okay. No, that's a great, great response. Uh, and uh, one other question just popped into my head while you were talking. Yeah. In your experience with the clients that you're that you've been working with, uh, would you say that some of those other metrics uh, that that they're searching after, when they do put re- like really, uh, truly put safety first, and they are taking actions to make sure that their people feel safe um, and that their work is actually safe, do the other uh, metrics follow? Do the results come? Because I, I do hear that and I've experienced that, but I want to know from, from just from your experience, what do you see? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In in the relatively few places that have truly led with safety and sort of had the hypothesis that it will pay off. Um, you, you see the same remarkable things in healthcare as in as in other industries. Again, right. where it's not common for places truly deeply to do that. Um, but we were just talking about a, a significant academic medical center uh, where a leader um, about ten years ago made this bet, and over the course of four years, all of their key quality and safety uh, and experience metrics improved by at least fifty percent. So it was a it was a big win there. Yeah. Um, but it was also it was also their best financial year ever in that fourth yeah. year, you know, and continued to build. And, you know, it's because it's about, you know, it's it's the hearts and minds. It's everything coming, you know, things come into alignment. Right. These are the most important challenges. We're working on them. We know we not, don't just know the goal. We know the way and we're developing some skills in the way and we're developing that what it feels like to win. And, you know, another thing I think about sometimes, Patrick, is we all also hold these little wounds from where we know what we want and we know how we're trying to get there individually or in teams, but we also know the gaps. And when you see those gaps start to be able to close and then this gap and then that gap, because it's not, we're not just doing it project by project. It's, oh my God, we can apply that idea right here, right? How to structure a binary connection between people, you know, you, you know, and you start to get those multiplier effects, like, you know, everything opens up, right? And things get better. Um, so it, it, it definitely all links in healthcare too, where we have that kind of leadership. Yeah, I love it. It's definitely my experience as well. So, um, but again, like you said, uh, unfortunately, there's there's not a lot of organizations that, you know, uh, are at that level or committed at that level. But, you know, when people feel like they're cared about, not just feel it, but they actually experience it. And, uh, you know, then of course they're, that's going to, that's going to be, it's going to reciprocate and they're going to, you know, take care of the company as well. And so um, thank you for, for laying that out. Um, One last question as we, as we kind of wrap up today, Ken. Uh, So, a lot of our listeners, um, you know, probably have heard the term flavor of the month and, yeah. you know, activities come and go or they, they they feel, oh, you know, there's a huge push for workforce safety. And then, oh, now there's not. Uh, how do we how do we combat that? Um, what would you say is 
you know, organizations should look at next, uh, you know, when it comes to, to operational excellence within their within their uh, facilities or within their um, organizations, you know, in order to, you know, kind of keep from heading down that road and and really uh, uh, be committed to the overall system of yeah. operational excellence. What would your thoughts be on that? Yeah, and that, you know, and, and Patrick, I, I, I don't have the full answer on this at all. I, you know, and I, I, I really appreciate how you exp explore this on the podcast and, you know, and, and, you know, and it's an ongoing conversation. But I think some of the ideas that I have, just to share a couple, are, you know, not, not revolutionary. Um, but, you know, we got to get back again to, you know, the, the holding on to true north and having that be really clear for everybody, this will not change. Yeah. You know, the next recession, next pandemic, this is who we are. And in all our behaviors, we aspire to make this true, period. And a, you know, a commitment and a realization, and, and all the studies show this, the places that switch horses all the time on what formula is right, mm tend to be mediocre performers, right? There are approaches to this that are more powerful than others. But the key is pick a version, we hope it's lean and TPS in the deepest sense, you know, driven by safety, and then continuously improve that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's because then you're building the skill, right? You're building the continuous improvement skill for whatever it is, and you're constantly keeping the, you know, that really powerful sense of the goals tied to true north that embeds, you know, sort of the values and behavioral characteristics. And then the method is how fast can we go that way? And Paul O'Neill used to talk about, well, don't we want to find the methods that have worked the best since World War II and have been proven, you know, to produce these differential results? So if we keep that in mind, I think that's one thing. The other thing, and that I'm talking a lot about now in healthcare, is we have to simplify it. We, we have, in some instances, too many tools, too many Christmas trees of things that can feel overwhelming to leaders or people coming in like it's a little bit of a cult. And I point to a healthcare leader we have in South Carolina who's gonna be hosting a, a sort of go and see for other leaders for us in June. Mm. Who He came out of the army, came out of the special forces, and, and work with us and Mr. O'Neill uh, about 15 years ago. And that he has boiled things together in a way that is super powerful. And he calls it pancake syrup. He calls his method pancake syrup. Wow. Okay. And, and, I'm interested. <laughs> and, and for him, you know, and he, he, this is Mike Bundy down at Prisma Health. And, and, and Mike says, you know, so what are you talking about? And, and he says, well, you know, when I sit on, on these analyses of harms that have happened in institutions, you always hear about time. The frontline staff doesn't have time. They don't have time. They don't have time. Why? Because things go wrong in daily operations. And, you know, we have to have the pancakes here on the patient's food tray every time the right way or else, you know, in 15% of the time, that nurse is going to get a call ball or something that is waste, that is distracting them, that is keeping them from their standard work, you know, and, yeah. and what is that? And so he teaches everybody what he calls micro PI. And then every day, the whole place starts with the frontline teams, which he calls special operators, like the special, 
They have their standard work checklist. The suppliers have theirs all tied to flow, organized by safety, because we don't want people in the hospital longer than they need to be. Mm -hmm. And it's all transparent. And if you are off on any of your metrics, things go wrong on any of those, you're doing a root cause on that in real time in your unit, you know, and with your customers and your suppliers. And you don't hear a lot of lean words. You don't hear a lot of TPS words. You see less visual management. It's all honed down compared to other places. And he gets better results faster. Hmm. So I, I think we have to really get back in touch with what's the essence of the thing and how our places are run to really, you know, get much better velocity and much better attachment from a broader cross-section of people. Love it. So, Ken, uh, I'm very interested in, in the show and tell in June. Can, yeah. you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about that if they were interested to, to uh, you know, maybe, maybe be part of that? And then what we'll do is we'll, show, we'll drop some links into the show notes for anyone to get some more information or, or register for that. Can you just tell us when, yeah. where? Yeah, about Patrick, it? absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and I really appreciate the opportunity. So uh, this is a, 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 we call it our CEO seminar. It's called Leading with Safety. And it is uh, co-sponsored with a group called the LeapFrog Group, who does uh, sort of been the leaders on safety, uh, advocating for safety and tracking safety in healthcare. Um, it's going to happen at Prisma Health in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, on June 12th and 13th, and it's full of go and see. It'll be primarily healthcare leaders. Um, and, and the key is that we want our, it, it's okay for an improvement executive to come if a C-suite operating leader is there, because it's really about the, the operating leaders sure. leading with safety, sort of listening in a way to, to the improvement side of the ball. Um, but if you'd like to come, please come. The last one that we did uh, at Duke uh, University Health System in June, we had um, the mayor of a major city. Uh, we had a superintendent of a school district in California come and join the learning. And of course, that adds to it, right? So yeah. if you're not in healthcare, don't worry. You'll learn a lot and you'll actually contribute a lot to the learning. So um, thank you uh, for making it possible for people to find that. It's on our, it's on our um, website, uh, valuecapturellc.com. And uh, thanks for putting it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, and again, yeah. this, it's uh, called Leading with Safety, CEO Seminar Leading with Safety. All right, perfect. Yeah, so we'll throw that in the show notes. I also want to uh, make sure that uh, everyone that's listening has your contact info as well. Sure. What's the best way for them to reach out to you, Ken, and, and if they have questions or want to connect with you or or learn about value capture? Yeah, so e email or cell is great. Um, you can also um, uh, you can also get to me through uh, through LinkedIn um, and um, in Twitter. Uh, also, I'm on uh, in my the key is my last name is Siegel S E G E L, uh, and all my contact information is available on our website. Um, just pull down who we are, and, and you'll find me right there. Um, and I, of course, I'd love to talk. Perfect. Well, Ken, it's been great to have you on the show. I uh, love what you guys are doing at Value Capture. And, you know, obviously it was great to connect with you uh, up here in Michigan and uh, learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing around workforce safety and patient safety. Uh, thank you for what you're doing and, and uh, just appreciate you, you being on the show. 
Patrick, uh, you know, I, I want to extend my thanks to you. Uh, again, it's a great opportunity to share what we're doing and, and more than us, uh, you know, the leaders in healthcare that are that are applying these ideas under challenging circumstance, uh, but then deep appreciation to you, how you've advanced the field and how you're helping everyone. Thanks, Ken. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.